Happy New Year. Welcome back to the Mosin at Large podcast for 2020, and this is episode 17. Today, we're going to be featuring the Backpack Studio app, and indeed, we'll show you how to use it in a podcast situation like this one, and for live internet streaming. And we are living the dream because this intro is actually being recorded on my iPhone using the Backpack Studio app. It's true, I have a Samsung Q2U mic plugged into my iPhone, about which I'll have some more to say when we get to the demo of Backpack Studio in just a moment. So I'm just sitting here with my iPhone in my lap and the Q2U microphone in my hand. Absolutely amazing that we've got to this point, isn't it? So we'll get to the demonstration of this remarkable Backpack Studio app shortly and look at how you would podcast with it, how you would stream with it. But while I'm doing this intro and recording on my iPhone, a couple of things to note. First of all, you may remember last year, Glenn Gordon did a nine-part interview with me in a series called In the Arena that went through my biography, my life so far, And we distributed that in this podcast feed. And of course, that's getting further and further back in the podcast feed as we continue to do more episodes. And we've had many requests from people who've said, can you make it available for download somewhere easy? And so while I've been on my summer break, I have now done that. It is available at mosin.org slash in the arena. That is all one word, mosin.org slash in the arena. And you'll find a big zip file there. It's about 430 megabytes. You can download that and all nine episodes of In the Arena, Glenn Gordon's biographical interview with me, are there. And I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for all the very nice feedback that's come in on that In the Arena series. Also, I was somewhat remiss in not mentioning that there is a new Mosin Consulting title available. Not from me, but you may remember... Some years ago, Jackie Brown produced a very popular book called Braille on Display. And this is where she went through many Braille display products, note takers, standalone Braille displays that do nothing but connect to a computer and Braille displays that are kind of hybrids. They have a few note taking functions. Braille on Display has been updated. And if you would like to get that, you can go to the Mosin Consulting store at mosin.org and purchase the new edition of Braille on display. So let's get off the iPhone now back into Reaper where I'll give you a demonstration of this app I'm recording with on my iPhone, the Backpack Studio app. First of all, let's just play a little jingly from the phone before we go. What's amazing, isn't it? For this demonstration, I'm joined by Karen, all the way from Nuance and all the way from Australia. Hi, Karen. Yeah, good day, mate. How's it going? Well, it's good to have you assisting me with this demonstration. Let's talk about the Backpack Studio app, first of all, and what it does. You may remember a long time ago, I demonstrated an app called Boss Jock Studio, and this is developed by one of the same developers. It has a lot of the same user interface elements, but it is significantly improved in several respects that we'll cover in this demonstration. Backpack Studio's primary purpose is for podcasters, and it allows you to create a podcast in as real-time an environment as possible. If you're the kind of person that likes to go out there in the field and record something, perhaps using sound effects, jingles, little royalty-free music beds that you can insert in appropriate places, you can do all this with remarkably good sound quality just by using Backpack Studio and the built-in microphone of your iPhone, iPod Touch, or your iPad. So this works on 
iOS devices. When you've produced what you want to produce with Backpack Studio, you can bring it into a digital audio workstation such as Reaper, which I'm using to produce this demonstration, and you can edit to your heart's content. You can receive the files that Backpack Studio creates in uncompressed WAV format if you want. You can also compress them down to M4A. But one of the beauties of podcasting is that there's room for everybody and a wide range of techniques. So if you're more the kind of person that just prefers to record live and raw and you think, well, if there are slip ups, it's not the end of the world. You could produce your podcast in Backpack Studio and using some third party apps published to a range of sources, such as a podcast host. So it is conceivable if you like the whole live approach that you could do the whole thing on your iDevice. Now that said, there are also some pretty good editors out there these days, some digital audio workstation apps for your iPhone. And you could send what you've produced live with Backpack Studio to one of those. One very accessible option for multi-track is called Ferrite. And the same company makes a single track destructive editor called Hokusai. And there are other products on the market as well for iOS that are accessible. So we have reached the point, and we did so long ago, in fact, where you can produce really good quality podcasts with nothing but your iPhone. If you want to go a little bit higher quality, you can, of course, purchase a range of microphones that will connect to your iPhone. Some of them are designed specifically for the iPhone, and others can be adapted to work with iPhone with Apple's camera connection kit. This is a little dongle at Apple dongle prices, I have to say, where you can plug the dongle into your lightning port and then you get a USB 3.0 port. This will allow you to connect a range of microphones and audio interfaces as well. If you're going to connect some audio interfaces to your iDevice, chances are that you are going to need some sort of external power to do that. There's an increasing range of audio interfaces that facilitate this. Recently, I picked up a Zoom U44, and I liked this because it also uses the Zoom capsules that you can get, the microphone capsules and additional input capsules that Zoom produce. Their preamps in the U44 are the same as I used in the Zoom H6 and I think H5 recorder, so it's a really high-quality interface. And what they do is they offer a battery compartment, and you can put some AA batteries into this battery compartment or you can just plug in an additional USB, micro USB cable to, say, an external battery supply or a wall outlet and power it that way. So we've really got to the point where you can produce some very good quality material on your iPhone. Now, alternatively, if it's just you or maybe you and a friend who you don't mind getting up close and personal with, you could get a dynamic microphone, which requires very little power. And you can plug that in directly to your iPhone using the camera adapter kit. That will also work very well with tools like Backpack Studio and Ferrite and give you significantly better audio from that microphone than you would get from the built-in microphone of your iDevice. That said, Backpack Studio is doing some pretty clever stuff in terms of applying parametric equalization and also turning off some of Apple's processing relating to the way that the microphone that's built into your iPhone or iPad sounds. If you're going to invest in some sort of portable kit, I'd recommend going with an option that gives you USB, but also gives you the option to have an XLR input too. 
The advantage of this is that if you get more serious about your podcasting and you decide to invest in a good quality audio interface and maybe work on a PC or a Mac in future, you can use the same microphone you've invested in because it can plug both into a USB port and into an XLR jack, which is a standard that's used for more professional audio equipment. One microphone that really is quite good value for money, in my opinion, it sounds great, the price is pretty good, is the Samson, not to be confused with Samsung, but the Samson Q2U. And that's the letter Q, the number two, and the letter U. That works with USB and XLR, and it actually works with them both at the same time. So you could be recording on your iPhone as a backup while also recording onto your PC connected to some sort of XLR-capable equipment. One of the reasons why I'm featuring Backpack Studio now is that for a wee while I've been talking, and I'm sure others have too, to Ed, the developer of Backpack Studio, about the world of internet streaming. And of course, I've been doing this now for 21 years, which is a bit scary. I did my first internet streaming back in 1998 on New Year's Eve, 1998. So a little over 21 years I've been doing this. And it's still very popular in the blind community. And you can imagine the potential if we could take something as small as our iPhones along anywhere and do a really credible outside broadcast. Now, this has been done before. I've done it before myself. And the first time I actually remember hearing it being done was on Mushroom FM back in about 2012 or perhaps early 2013, when Drew Weber was using a tool called AudioBus to chain a bunch of apps together. One app was responsible for streaming, and then there was another app that allowed you to play music. And it was all very sort of kludgy, but it worked. And he got an iPhone streaming radio show out there. I'm sure with fingers crossed that everything didn't crash. Well, phones have become a lot more capable. Phones also have a lot more storage. Right here, for example, I have my iPhone 11 Pro Max, and that has 512 gigabytes of storage. And we've really reached the point now where there's no reason why we shouldn't have streaming sending capabilities on our iPhones. And with an in-app purchase, Backpack Studio offers that. I want to give you an example of what this actually means in practice. While I've been away on my summer break and really geeking out playing with a lot of technology, I decided that I would prove that it's possible to do a reasonable internet radio show using nothing but your iPhone. Wandering around the place with your touchscreen, I use Braille screen input, which certainly helps me a lot, and I'll come to that a little bit later as we discuss the workflow that made this possible. And just the built-in mic. I could certainly achieve some better sound with the techniques that I've just discussed, but I wanted to prove that you could just take your iPhone out of your pocket and if you were set up in advance, broadcast from anywhere. You just never know when you might be in a situation where you could create a really compelling live broadcast. And it could be spoken word, or you could do what I did and do a fully-fledged internet radio show complete with jingles and music. Now, For copyright reasons relating to podcasting, I have to be careful about how much music I get in here. But here's a quick example of the finished product that I was able to produce in early January. It's good to have you with us. And I've got a great mix of music over the next hour. And we'll tell you how to be in touch if you would like to do that. Hope you enjoy the fun. 
definitely 70s and 80s music, I think, is on the agenda today. If you do want to be in touch, Jonathan, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at MushroomFM.com. You can tweet using the MushroomFM hashtag on the jolly old Twitter, and you can track that hashtag as well. And I'll answer any questions about this whole backpack studio setup if you're interested. I'm pretty pleased with that. That's clearly the iPhone's built-in mic at work, but you can hear that I was playing a jingle. I was able to very seamlessly transition from the jingle to the first track. It was tight, and I was able to talk over the vocals. I then turned the microphone off with a two-finger double tap and was able to then continue to traverse my Twitter and email and respond to people like this. We've got a few people who are checking in. Jeff Harris, the audiobook fan himself, is listening. He's listening on his Sonos speakers, and he's saying that it sounds good, and he hopes I do the podcast. I may well go down to the studio and do that. Charles Crawford, of course. Charlie Crawford, welcome to you, Charlie. And he says that he's listening, and he's quite impressed with the whole Backpack Studio app. So you can get Backpack Studio from the App Store. It's really ideal if you do podcasting and you want to kind of do as much of your production as possible. I am still a kind of an editing guy, so I would still put it all back into Reaper or Studio Recorder and edit afterwards. It's a great app, though, for recording in the field. So you can get that. And then the streaming that we're using for this, that's an in-app purchase and you can get that as well oh my goodness there's there's my apple reminders app pinging in my ear telling me to do stuff how rude after hit after hit the mosen explosion with jonathan mosen when the going gets tough the tough get going on There are a number of ways that you could enhance your use of this. If you have access to a Braille display, you can, of course, connect that, and then you can read those tweets and emails as they come in. If you have a busy show, I was verbally just summarizing those and memorizing them. But when things get really busy, it would be important for me to have access to a Braille display. That somewhat reduces your portability a bit. But of course, you can take a display like the Focus 14 Blue, which is really small and hangs around your neck. And not only can you then read email and tweets that way, but you can also operate the Backpack Studio app that way. So you can see it's effective. And uh, it does require a bit of muscle memory at the moment. And that's why I want to go through the workflow. But before I do that, I'm going to introduce you to the app. You may be familiar with it. You may not. So I'm going to assume as we begin that you're not. And even if you are familiar, but you haven't streamed with Backpack Studio, we will eventually get to the point where we're introducing you to new material. So I'm going to invite Siri to uh, open Backpack Studio. Backpack, pad one empty, adjustable. Double tap to load audio, swipe up or down with one finger to adjust the value. When we're in the app, we're immediately placed on a screen that I visualize like a kind of a grid, and we have a series of pads here. These pads are where you load elements that you can use in your podcast or your live stream. What's happened to me here, the reason why this pad one is empty, is that I started off with the larger pads. When you go into Backpack Studios settings, you have the option to either use large or small pads. The larger pads are a little bit easier to find by touch because each pad takes more real estate on the screen. 
And really, I think to pull this off effectively, at least until there are keyboard commands available for external keyboards and the developer has been talking about introducing those at some point, you are going to, as a blind person, need a little bit of spatial awareness, a bit of muscle memory to remember where your pads are on the screen. You can certainly use the flicking method if you want to, but clearly that's slower than just remembering, okay, my particular jingle that I want to play at this point is about halfway down the screen and slightly to the right. Even if you're slightly off, that's still a lot more quick than flicking around the screen from top to bottom. But as I became more familiar with the app, and also I do have the advantage of the bigger screen because I'm running the 11 Pro Max, I found that it was fine to just turn on the smaller pads, which give me more elements on every screen. So I am going to flick to the right now. Pad 2 empty. Adjustable. Double tap to load audio. Swipe up or down with one finger to adjust the value. What you hear here is the degree to which the developer has gone to make this app voiceover friendly. It's absolutely exemplary in this regard. And when we take a quick look at some of the elements and settings, you will see just how much thought and effort has gone into the accessibility of this app, thanks to the input of a number of blind people who understandably are very enthusiastic about this app because many of us love our audio, don't we? If I flick to the right, I think I'm going to get to the first pad that actually has content, and you will hear just how much hint information is available when there is content loaded on a pad. Pad 3 loaded with Jamos and Track 02. Adjustable. Double tap to play. Triple tap to crossfade audio. Double tap and hold to edit. Swipe up or down with one finger to adjust the value. When it says swipe up and down with one finger to adjust the value, what you're doing is adjusting the volume of this particular clip. So if I flick up now. Volume 75%. Volume 70%. That's because my default volume for my pads in the mixer settings of this app is 70%. If I double tap this... Pad 3 is playing Jmoz and Track 02. Time remaining 0, 9. Adjust. We missed the element because voiceover was chattering away. So if I turn speech off. Speech off. With a three-finger double tap. And now I can double tap the element again. You'll hear it clearly. And there's my jingles, because I thought there may well come a time when I just want to be out and about and do an episode of the Mosin at Large podcast. So all of the elements on this particular screen pertain to the Mosin at Large podcast. I'll toggle speech back on now. Speech on. And continue to flick right. Had four loaded with Jamos and Track 04. And I can, of course, do a two-finger single tap to quickly stop voiceover from chattering away when I start to play one. And sometimes it's helpful to turn audio ducking off. Although if you're doing music radio, which we'll get to in a minute, turning audio ducking off can at times make it a little bit difficult to hear the speech. How do we get elements in here? Well, let's go back to one of those empty pads. So I'll flick left a couple. Pad three load, pad two empty. There's pad two, which is empty. Let's just let the hint play out, actually. Pad two empty, adjustable. Double tap to load audio. Swipe up or down with one finger to adjust the value. It's very clear. Double tap to load audio. So double tap I shall do. 
Pad 2 empty. Load sound. We have several sources from which you can load sound, and I'll flick right and we'll explore them. Cancel. Button. iCloud. Files. Dropbox. Library. Record. Google Drive. Most of those are obvious. They are sources that you can load from, including your music library, which is important when we talk about internet radio streaming in a bit. One of the things you can also do is record your own sound using whatever microphone is currently connected to your iPhone and or selected in the Backpack Studio app and assign that to a pad. Where this could be useful is if you are, say, pursuing a career in journalism and you might be in a situation where you want to put together a news story to send back to whoever you work for. or Maybe you're doing freelance journalism work. I'm going to perform a four-finger tap towards the top of the screen. Load sound. And then flick right. Cancel button. Here's the cancel button. I'll double tap cancel for now. Cancel. Pad 7 loaded with Jamos and Track 07. Adjustable. I've got some structure to all of this. So on page 1 of my pads here in the Backpack Studio app, I have loaded from Dropbox, where I put all these files, jingles for the Mosin at Large podcast. There are multiple pages of these, and I haven't found a limit. There probably is one, but I don't know what it is. I'm going to flick left with three fingers to get to the next page. Page two of four. Pad 19 empty. Adjustable. And it tells me that I'm on page two of four. And what I have here is a series of empty pads. I did this because I thought there may be a situation where I want to load some elements in pertaining to the podcast. And I wanted to allow myself a little bit of room. But if I move on to page three of what is currently four and an empty page of pads is created whenever you get onto another one then this is where we get to the internet streaming elements page three of four pad 37 loaded with you're gonna lose that girl one adjustable that was the last track that i played on my internet radio demonstration of backpack studio the way i've personally structured this is that my first two pads at the top of this screen are reserved for music files that I'll load in an internet radio situation. Think of them a bit like turntables. If you go back to the days of radio stations using those, or for that matter, cart machines that radio stations used to use. So what happens is that when one song is playing on one of these top two pads, I can load another song with the other pad. And if you feel like you want to allow yourself a bit of wiggle room, what you could do is allow three or four of these pads, load four songs in advance of your show starting. So you're in no danger of running out of music to play if you get into some sort of panic situation. But I found that two is fine for my purposes and my degree of being panicked on the air after all this time doing this sort of stuff. There's one caveat that you should be aware of for the moment, and I understand that this is under review by the developer of the Backpack Studio app. If you record as you stream, or in fact, if you record at all, you are not able in the current version to load new carts. The reason for that, I understand, was that when iPhones were a lot slower, it put undue strain on the CPU. And the one thing that you don't want, of course, is a glitchy recording, right? When you've done that perfect podcast, you don't want to find that it's unusable because your phone was glitching because it was under too much load. So for that reason, 
the Backpack Studio developer up until now does not allow you to load cards into the system or load pads up while you are recording. That, I understand, is about to change, and it doesn't apply when you're streaming. So as long as you're streaming and not recording what you stream, you are in good shape for the sort of workflow that I'm talking about. So I have these top two pads on this page, which pertain to internet streaming, for songs. Where do those songs come from? Well, they come from unprotected sources. You might have a series of tracks that you put into a folder in Dropbox or OneDrive or Google Drive, any of those cloud sharing services. If you have unprotected media content that's yours, that you've purchased or that you have extracted from CDs of old or something like that, you can put them in a folder or a series of folders and load them in. Now, you can also work with your music library, but be aware of one important caveat with this. You cannot use content from your Apple Music library that has come from Apple Music that you have not purchased. So if you've gone to the iTunes Music Store and you've purchased an album, that album is yours. It's furnished to you in unprotected M4A, and you will be able to load it from your music library. But let's say that over the years that Apple Music has been around, which is nearly five, which is pretty scary, you have been listening every week religiously to your new music playlist that Apple puts together. And over time, you've added tracks that you really liked to a series of your own playlists. You will not be able to load those tracks into Backpack Studio because they are digitally protected. And if you were to stop paying for your Apple Music subscription, then those tracks would go boom and you wouldn't be able to play them anymore. In my case, I use iTunes Match and uh, Apple Cloud Music or whatever the latest carnation of this is called. And I have actually uploaded quite a lot of my own music that I've acquired over the years to my music library. I have thousands of songs in my Apple Music library that are mine, that I've either ripped from CD or that I have paid for from various music sources over the years. So for me, importing content from the Apple Music library is absolutely fine in most cases. I do have to be careful. Every so often, I find that I've forgotten that I don't own this track. It's being lent to me by Apple Music. And if I try to load a track like that, Backpack Studio will tell me that it can't play it. Now, this is just the way that Apple Music's API works or developers are constrained by those same restrictions. And it's important to note that the files that you import from your music library into Backpack Studio have to be physically present on your phone. Even if you have unprotected music that is yours, that lives in the cloud, that is not going to work. You're going to have to download the music and keep it on your phone to work with it in Backpack Studio, which is another great advantage of having the 512 gigabyte phone. If I flick to the right, Pad 38 loaded with wacky dust. Adjustable. That's uh, the other track that I last played when I was doing this uh, air shift, the Manhattan Transfers track, Wacky Dust. I'm going to flick to the right and you'll see that the rest of the screen is taken up with jingles pertaining to my internet streaming stuff. Pad 39 loaded with all the hits complete. Adjustable. And I can double tap double that tap and we get... It's fun, it's groovy, it's got all the hits. 
here on the Mosin Explosion. Now, I'm over the pad 38 now. And I just double tapped that. So there was no crossfading necessary. If I double tap that again, and it gently fades out. So you can see that when you're playing a jingle, what you do is you get ready to play the next element. And the moment you feel the time is right, there's a, obviously a little bit of latency there, particularly when you're a voiceover user and you have to tap twice. But you get a knack for this and you can start the next track. If I want to prepare and load a track right now, this is what we do. We'll triple tap on this Manhattan transfer pad. Edit pad. And we'll go to the top of the screen. Empty button. And there's an empty button. Remove clip from pad. I got to that by performing a four-finger single tap towards the top of the screen. That gets me to the first element on any screen in iOS. And here is the empty button. At the moment, we have to go in here and empty it first. I understand there might be some UI considerations around this. So if you're listening to this demonstration some months down the track, it may be a little easier to do. But for now, I'll double tap the empty button. Alert. Remove clip. Cancel. Button. Remove. Button. And there's the remove button. I'll double tap. Pad 37 loaded with you're gonna lose that girl. And Run. pad 38 empty. Pad Adjust 38, the, the one that did have the wacky dust track by the Manhattan transfer is now empty. And that leaves me free, let's say, while the Beatles are playing to load the next track. I can do that by double tapping now. Pad 38, load sound. And we've got that load sound screen back again. I'll flick right. Cancel. iCloud. Files, Dropbox, Library, Record, Google Drive, Google Drive, okay. Record, Library. And Library is what I want, so I'm going to double tap Library. Cancel, Button, Library, Heading, Your Library, Search Field, Double Tap to Edit. You can search your entire library, and if we flick to the right, there are other ways to drill down into your library's content as well. That is assuming, of course, that you have sufficient unprotected material in your library. I can't stress that enough. Playlists, button, artists, button, albums, button, songs, button, genres, button, compilations, button, composers, button, downloaded music, button. This is one other way that you can prepare if you want to do an internet streaming show with Backpack Studio. You could create a playlist in advance and you could call it Radio Show and just add tracks from that playlist, which may speed things up a little more. What I'm going to do is get back to the top of the screen. Cancel button. Flick right. Library. Heading. Your library. Search field. Double tap to edit. I'll double tap. And I want to get a bit of a summer theme going because I have to tell you, I took a four-week break from work to rejuvenate and recharge and I was looking forward to a little bit of sunshine. There hasn't been a lot of it to speak of where I am. So I'm going to try and um, induce it to arrive in my final week of my holiday. We'll just turn browse screen input on. Braille screen input orientation locked. And calibrate. I'm just going to type summer. S-U-M-M-E-R. And portrait. Search here. Search field. I'll flick to the right now. Clear text. Cancel. Artists. Heading. And first of all, we have uh, artists, which I'm not interested in because we'll get things like Donna Summer and goodness knows what else. I have assigned a gesture now that we can assign gestures in iOS to navigate me by heading because I use them all the time. So in my case, I'm just going to do a two finger flick to the right. That now navigates me by heading on my particular phone. Albums. 
Heading. And I'll do that again. Songs. And heading. Here are some songs, hopefully with summer in the title. See all. Button. Summer. The first time. Bobby Goldsboro. Button. Summer Breeze. Seals and Crofts. Greatest Hits Middle. 1975. Button. That is a great track, actually. I really do like that. So I'm going to double tap. Summer Breeze. Pad 37 loaded with You're Gonna Lose That Girl. One. And now if I flick right. Pad 38 loaded with Summer Breeze. Let's go and find a jingle. Pad 41 loaded with Hit After Hit. All right. Pad, pad 39. Pad 38 loaded with Summer Breeze. All right, we're ready to go. With Jonathan Moser. Pad 38. And off it goes. Just as the jingle was about to end, I did a double tap on Time that pad, pad and we're off. And, of course, if I perform a two-finger double tap, and let me just mute my own mic here. Mic on. Now, pad 38 loaded with summer breeze. One adjustable voiceover tells me that the mic is on, and what you're hearing is me talking through the microphone of my iPhone, compressed, sliced, and diced by the Backpack Studio app. I'll perform a two finger double tap. Mic off. And voiceover confirmed that the mic is off, and now I'm back on my Heil PR40 mic here in the studio. So I hope you can see the workflow of this. Essentially, we would let that Seals and Crofts track play, which I can't really do for the purposes of this demo because it's going out on a podcast and Spotify is particularly sensitive about that. But what would happen is while the Seals and Crofts track was playing, you would then go to another pad, you would find your next song, you would load it in, and then you'd be ready to roll, inserting jingles as needed. What's involved in setting this up well, we'll need to go into the settings. I'll go to the top of the screen. Files, button. Access recordings and sound clips. At the top of the screen, you'll find files that you have recorded. There's a record button here. You can turn that on. And obviously, most people would be using that most of the time to record podcasts or other elements. In case it doesn't come up anywhere else in this demonstration, I should also say that Backpack Studio is one of a number of apps now that offer a really good feature for blind people who want to publish audio content to social media but feel a little bit constrained about doing that because so much social media these days is geared at video. What Backpack Studio will do is take an audio file, and it could be an audio file that was produced using its own app, using Backpack Studio, or it could be an audio file like this that I've recorded here in my studio using Reaper, and then I can import it into Backpack Studio using any of those cloud services and other methods that we've just been talking about in the context of internet streaming. When you have the file in Backpack Studio, you can then create a still kind of video, or you can add a range of pictures actually if you want to make it a sort of a slideshow situation. But the point is that there's video content that makes the video elements of social media services happy. And then you can upload a video to YouTube or Twitter and Facebook. And if you've been following me on Twitter lately, you'll see that I've been doing this from time to time, just publishing audio that I can do because it has a video element to it. I actually also use this in my chief executive's role in my job because I produce for my staff a periodic thing called the Mosin Memo, which 
tells people about what I've been up to and things relating to our organization. And we distribute that using Microsoft Streams, which is quite a cool service, but it's not audio, it's only video. And this is a way for me to get around that constraint. So Backpack Studio is very versatile in that regard as well. I'll flick right. Record button. Start a new recording session. The way that I have it set up, it's just a personal preference, is you can hit record, but it won't record anything until you start sending it something, whether it be your microphone or an element from one of these pads. And we'll show you how to configure that in just a sec, because if I flick to the right... Settings, tips, and contact info button. Now we have the magic settings, tips, and contact info button, which I will double tap. Settings, heading. And flick right. Done. Button. Contact. Button. Tutorial. Button. There is a tutorial in there. This is, I suppose, potentially a complex app to get to use if you're not deeply ensconced in audio things. But at the same time... It's so accessible and all the voiceover hints are so clear that it may well, I think, also be a really good entry point for a lot of people who want to get into podcasting. I do think that quality is important, but I also think that content is fundamentally king, isn't it? I mean, if you are in a professional broadcast studio spouting absolute boring waffle, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter how good your quality is, does it? So if you're on a bit of a budget and you've always thought, you know, I should get into this podcasting malarkey, then Backpack Studio may well be a really good way to start to do that. And it's so friendly and accessible and relatively cost-effective. Tips, button, magic two-finger double tap toggles record slash pause. Button, one of two. This is an example of just how much the Backpack Studio developer Ed cares about voiceover users. Here we have specific settings, user interface elements geared only at the voiceover user. I think that is absolutely fantastic. We see it occasionally in iOS apps, and I always applaud when I do. The choice here Magic two finger double tap toggles record slash pause. Button, one of two. If you are the kind of person who wants to stop and take a bit of a breather from time to time when you're recording your podcast, then you can set the magic tap, the two finger double tap, to toggle you between record and pause. That could be a very useful thing to do if you're interviewing or recording out in the field. Alternatively, I have mine set to this. Selected magic two finger double tap toggles mic. Button, two of two. Now, clearly, if you're into internet streaming, then you'd probably want to set it the way that I have it set. Selected, magic two-finger double-tap toggles mic. Button, two That means two. that when the music starts to finish, you just do a two-finger double-tap and you'll have your microphone on. You want to have a pretty light touch, by the way, otherwise people will hear your thump-thump. It amazes me how some iPhone users, it's more like a two-finger double thump. <laughs> we'll flick to the right. Announcement when recording pausing. Button, one of two. Selected. Ding sound when recording pausing. Button, two of two. I would far rather have a ding sound when recording is being paused rather than some sort of announcement. But again, it's a matter of personal preference. External mic gain. 100% dimmed. Adjustable. Mic effects. Presence. Button. Configure EQ, 
and noise gate for microphone. There's a lot of configuration in here, and for the audio geeks, I'm going to go in here and show you what's available, so I'll double tap. Parametric E, Q, switch button, on. Double tap to toggle setting. The first thing is whether the parametric EQ is on at all, so you can toggle it completely off. Preset default. Preset smooth cut. Preset low end. Preset less mud. Preset presence. You may want to experiment with this, and one of the best ways I've found to do that is to turn your microphone on before you go into settings, and then when you make changes to the parametric EQ, they'll immediately take effect and you can hear how they sound. I had a bit of a play with this and made a determination about what sounds best for my voice. Preset to surveillance. Preset low end slash less mud slash presence. Preset less mud slash presence. Preset heavy presence boost. Preset voiceover. Preset warmer. And of course, in this case, voiceover means voiceover work rather than the screen reader. Preset vintage. Create a new custom EQ preset. Noise gate. Switch button. Off. Double tap to toggle setting. I tend not to use noise gates a lot, but uh, particularly if you're in the field where ambience may be important, but if you have a use case for a noise gate, which will essentially try to cut out certain quieter noise, then you can turn this on and you can experiment with it. Threshold. Minus 30.0 dB. Adjustable. There's the threshold there that Swipe you can adjust. With one. Ratio. Two. One. Adjustable. Attack. 0.0000 milliseconds. Release. 0.0500 milliseconds. You've got a lot of configuration here in terms of noise gates, compression, parametric EQ. It's fun, isn't it? Let's perform the two-finger scrub to go back. Contact. Button. Tutor tips. Magic. Selected. Announcement. Selected. External mic game. Mic effects. Live streaming. Mushroom FM button. And this is the live streaming feature. This is an in-app purchase, so you'll have to make a purchase in addition to buying the Backpack Studio app. I have had a couple of people complain about that, but I think it's justifiable in a couple of respects. First, not everybody is going to want the live streaming feature, and it clearly takes app development time to put together and so it doesn't seem right to pass on the cost of all of that to everybody who wants to use the app. Most people will want to use this app for podcast creation. The other thing is that there are codecs supported in the live streaming facility of Backpack Studio that are not native to the phone. They've got to be paid for somehow. So for me, it's an absolutely justified in-app purchase. If I double tap this... Mushroom FM... 199 more. I'm not going to give you the IP address for that server. Uh, but then there's a more info button. If I flick right. New station. We can set up a new station. And I'll show you the options that we have if you want to set this up. And you'll find that it's very familiar to you if you've done internet streaming. I'll double tap. Cancel button. And flick right. New station. Heading. Save. Dimmed. Station title. Heading. Required. Text field. Double tap to edit. This is purely for your benefit. If you have multiple stations configured here in the Backpack Studio app, you'll want to know which one is which. Could be a bit disastrous if you stream to the wrong thing, right? I'll flick to the right. Connection type. Heading. Selected. Icecast. And then if we flick to the right, we also have... Shoutcast. And I'll flick right. Connection settings. Heading. 
Address. Required. Text field. Double tap to edit. This is where you would type the IP address or if it has one, the domain name of the server that you want to connect to. Port. Required. Text field. And also you, you must know the port number. Mount. Slash. Required. Text field. Double tap to edit. Because we left the server setting at Icecast, it is asking for a mount point. Username. Required. Text field. And similarly, because we left it at Icecast, it wants a username. Password. And a Required. password. Format. Hep selected. MP3. Button. We've got MP3. AAC. AAC. Ogvorbis. And Ogvorbis. Bitrate. Heading. And then we can choose the bit rates that we want to stream at. If you've done internet streaming, you'll see this is absolutely standard stuff and you will know what credentials you would need to put into the app here. 32, 64, 96, selected, 128, 160, 192, 320. Stereo, switch button, on. Double tap to toggle setting. Station info, heading. Description. It's really good that all of these sections are navigable by heading. And if you've done what I've done and assigned a custom gesture to navigating by heading so you don't have to go to the rotor to do something as common as navigating by heading, it really does allow you to zap through this screen. Optional. Text field. Double tap to edit. This is optional, but highly recommended unless you are streaming through some sort of third-party aggregator like LiveWeb DJ. Website. Optional. Text field. Genre. Optional. Send metadata. Artist. Title. Switch button. Off. Send pad title. Switch button. On. I'm not sure how this works, but I believe that the metadata may only work with Live 365 and that if you leave the metadata on for the pads, you will get something on other servers. Public. Switch button. On. And that's all there is to it. So this is a really standard series of options for configuring an internet stream. I'm going to back out of this screen. Selected. New station. And back, back out contact. again. Button. And after the streaming options, we have... Small pad size. Selected. Button. Large pad size. Deselected. Button. We discussed Large this pads. earlier. Less pads per page. Ease out. Selected. Button. Linear. Deselected button. Ease in. Deselected button. S curve. Deselected button. This is all to do with the way that the pads interact with one another. You can find more information about this in the documentation. Ducking amount. 0%. Adjustable. Now, I've set this at 0% because I don't like my music to duck terribly much when I'm talking. What I would prefer, and, and this is actually probably a better option when there is dynamic audio compression that applies to the whole thing. And I don't think there is with Backpack Studio at the moment. I think the compression is only applying to the mic chain. Uh, but I, would, I prefer the compressor to do the work. So I turned the music down quite a bit and the microphone up, and then I turned the ducking off. That's probably not a setup you would want in a podcast situation. Ducking attack, 0.2 ducking release. 0.75x sound good fade out ease out selected linear deselect ease in deselected s curve deselect clip fade time 1.25s adjustable you can have a much gentler fade if you prefer enable auto pause switch button on automatically pause recording when no sound pads are playing and mic is off 
Double tap to toggle setting. This is a feature that I prefer because it means that I can press the record button, take a few deep breaths, take my time, and only when I start playing something or when I enable the microphone will the recording actually begin. It just makes it a little tighter. Enable low cut filter. Switch button on. Reduces low frequency hum and rumble on mic recommended. Double tap to toggle setting. Yeah, I'd highly recommend leaving the low cut filter enabled, particularly if you're out and about and you're in less than optimal conditions. Enable mic compression. Switch button on. Enable compressed audio. Switch button off. Recording compressed audio reduces file sizes by 90%. Recommended. Double tap to toggle setting. I don't want compressed audio myself when I'm recording with Backpack Studio because I just don't like putting stuff out there that I haven't edited, which is interesting given that I do a lot of live radio and have done for many, many years. But when it comes to podcasting, I would prefer to bring it back into Reaper and uh, do a bit of slicing and dicing before I publish. And for that reason, I don't want to introduce artifacts into something that I will be working on. Again, your workflow may be different. Enable dual mono mic. Switch button. Off. Mix left and right mic channels together for dual channel mics. Double tap to toggle setting. This could be useful in situations where you do have microphones that are doing stereo. For example, I have a little dongle thing made by Rode called the SC6L. It plugs into your lightning port. Then you have two TRRS microphone sockets as well as a headphone jack. And there are various ways of configuring this. It can be configured so that both microphones come out in mono or one comes out in the left and one comes out in the right. And the microphones that this thing ships with are lapel mics. So sometimes I've clipped to either side of my collar and I can get some pretty nice binaural recordings. In that situation, if you're going to be podcasting with binaural recordings, you would want the stereo enabled because that will give you some really nice audio if you're out in the field and you want to get that binaural effect. Enable AGC. Switch button. Off. Automatic gain control automatically adjusts built-in mic input. Recommended. Double tap to toggle setting. If you are working with a range of people, maybe you're recording a lecture or you're interviewing a couple of people and you've got the iPhone in the center of the table, you definitely want the AGC enabled for sure. If you're quite close to the microphone and it's only you, you might find the AGC is a little bit breathy from time to time. But again, that's entirely a call that you can make and you may make it differently depending on what it is that you're recording. Enable title for file name. Switch button on. Enable Bluetooth mic. Switch button off. Reset. Button, Twitter, button, Instagram, Facebook, review, button, review. There we go. Button. And of course, there's a reset button here. If it all just gets too complicated, and sometimes that can be the case with audio, you can go ahead and reset your settings to default and start over. I'm going to back out of settings. Files. But and at the bottom of the screen. Mic is off button. We've got the mic is off button, which we can get to because of the way I've configured the app with a two finger double tap. If I flick to the left, notes button, we can make notes streaming off button, double tap to turn streaming on for station mushroom FM. And there you go. The hint is so good because it even tells you which is the active server that you've currently selected to avoid any real disaster. And if I were to double tap this, I would interrupt what's going out on mushroom FM right now and be broadcasting live instantly from my iPhone. 
If I flick left, we'll have a look at something that we've not explored yet. Volume mixer button. This is the volume mixer, and this essentially emulates in software what you might find in a hardware mixer. You've got a series of faders here. I'll double tap. Volume mixer, mixer. And flick right. Mic volume, 85%, adjustable. Swipe up or down with one finger to adjust the value. Very straightforward. This is the microphone volume. Sound clip volume, 75%, adjustable. Swipe up or down with one finger to adjust the value. This works in real time. You can audition the effect this is having. If you were talking using a microphone connected to Backpack Studio or the built-in microphone of your phone and you were playing some sort of elements like music, then you can adjust these and hear the balance for yourself in real time. And then if I flick to the right... Master volume, 75%, adjustable. Swipe up or down with one finger to adjust the value. This determines how loud the entire mix is that gets sent either to the recording or to your stream. And the final element, if I flick to the right... Monitor mic on button. You might like to turn the monitor mic feature off if you have a microphone with a headphone jack that you are listening through and you want absolutely zero latency, which that sort of solution would offer. So that's the upside, the zero latency. The downside will be that you won't be able to hear the balance between the mix that's being sent out to your recording or your stream. And to quit the screen, I can just perform a two-finger scrub and we're back in the main screen. So it's absolutely possible to produce a very nice-sounding podcast and even internet radio streaming music show with Backpack Studio. Certainly you could use it very easily for reporting live to a Shoutcast or Icecast stream from anywhere because once it's configured, you just connect and turn your mic on and you are live. And really, it doesn't take a lot of bandwidth to do this, even with a 3G connection, heck, even possibly with an Edge connection. Actually, you could get away with streaming to a Shoutcast or Icecast server, particularly if you are just streaming spoken word, you could easily get away with streaming at 64 kbps mono. And that's only going to take around about sort of seven-ish k per second, which is nothing really in today's internet-enabled world. Before we go, just one more thing. We'll have a look at latency. When you turn the microphone on, on Backpack Studio app, what kind of delay will we get? And to demonstrate this, I'm going to leave my microphone on here in the studio and enable the microphone in Backpack Studio. So let's do that. Mic on. Hello. Hello. There we go. Now the audio ducking's kicked in. So what you're hearing is absolutely fractional latency. It's not the kind of latency that's going to distract you to the point that sometimes when you get just enough latency in the mix, you find your speech slowing down because it really is perturbing. So if I... Let's see if I can just do a quick hand clap here. So it's pretty negligible. Now, I'll turn the mic off here. Mic off. What I did find, though, is that I am now using made-for-iPhone hearing aids. And they, of course, are Bluetooth-based. They introduced just enough additional lag into the mix through no fault of Backpack Studios that I did find my speech being affected by that when I was trying to monitor myself using the made for iPhone Bluetooth hearing aids. The answer is that thing I've been yammering on about ever since Apple took the headphone jack away. 
and that is a direct audio input cable, which I'm very fortunate to have for my hearing aids. And so I connect that directly to my hearing aids. I cable up to a Lightning to 3.5 adapter, which plugs into my iPhone. If you use an external microphone, such as the one I was recommending before, the Samsung Q2U, that one also has a headphone jack built into the mic itself, and actually quite a few do. Things like the Blue Raspberry or the Blue Yeti or any of these other USB mics that are pretty common nowadays do tend to have headphone jacks. And in that case, you would be able to plug into the headphone jack of the microphone that you are using as well. Check out Backpack Studio. Backpack is all one word. Studio is a separate word. It is available in the App Store. I highly recommend this app, not just for what it can do at the moment. And as you can hear, we've spent nearly an hour telling you about what it can do at the moment. But I have every confidence that there's a lot of promising stuff happening in the not too distant future. I hope you've found the demo helpful and thank you for listening. Well, how rude. You didn't thank me for all my help, mate. Oh, Karen, I'm so sorry. Thank you for all your help, too. That completes the special edition of the Mosin at Large podcast. We'll be back for the first regular edition of the year on the 25th of January. Jonathan at mushroomfm.com is the email address if you want to be in touch. And the listener line is 864-60-MOSIN in the United States. 